Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Card is Going to the Change. That's right, AIW's very own podcast. And my name is Alex Worldwide Keller, and I just want to tell you all about one of our great sponsors. That's right, Pollyanna DIY, PollyannaDIY.com, at PollyannaDIY on Twitter, Instagram, and etc. And what Pollyanna DIY has to offer you, they have excellent original wrestling enamel pins, shirts, including the Extreme Roots 91 t-shirt, Checking my hair right now. I have some medium roots. Take care of that in a bit. That's right. They have it all. And wrestling promoters and wrestlers, if you're looking to get into the enamel pin game or t-shirts, Pollyanna DIY wants to hook it up. Now let's take it to the show. The reason you hit download, the card is going to change. Once again, everybody, thanks for listening to AIW's The Card is Going to Change. Before we get into this week's episode, as always, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors that help us bring the show to you for free each and every week. Firstly, thanks to Angelo's Pizza. They're feeding us here as they always do while we record, and they, of course, bring pizza to you at our live events at Mount Carmel. If you want to try more of their pizza or anything else on their menu, it's all delicious. Head to Angelo's on Madison Avenue in Lakewood, Ohio. And thanks to Smart Mark Video, they record all of our live events. And if you want to relive any of those or watch them for the first time, you can purchase that on DVD or digital download from smartmarkvideo.com. And additionally, head to powerbomb.tv, sign up using the code ABSOLUTE, and you will get a 20-day trial for free. And then stick around and just keep watching the shows that we put out there from the AIW archives. And as always, thanks to Jack Prince, who helps take care of all of our printing and graphic design needs. They can do all of that and more for you, whether it be banners, t-shirts, business cards, flyers, everything and anything. For all that they have to offer, head to jackprince.com. That's jakprince.com. Ah, yes. That wonderful... Uh, gruff voice, soothing dulcet. Yeah, that is none other than Alex Worldwide Keller, uh, one time moderator of sorts. Shorts, there you go. We're also joined on this episode by the bone collector Dominic Garini, and as always, AIW owner John Thorne. My name is Steve Guy, I am your actual moderator of sorts, and on today's episode, uh, we will be recapping the gauntlet for the gold. Uh, 13, which took place back in March, March 23rd at wonderful Mount Carmel. How, that beautiful location that is not associated with any church at all at West 70th in Detroit. Yes. No, it's a church. It's not associated it's, with any school. Oh, yeah, no school. school. It is a part of the city of Cleveland, though, we found out. Uh, so Gauntlet for the Gold, for those who don't know, essentially is uh, our big show every year, kind of a Royal Rumble. A Rumble Royale. Rumble Royale. There you go. Rumble. Sorry, a lot of people hitting us up for money these days. I you should want, be extra cautious. You want Jeremy Jimmy to call us, Steve? I can be extra cautious. Well, you know what? Uh, we're still waiting for that absolution money, so that's, that's all I got to say about that. Uh, at any rate, 
fun show, as always. Um, our special guest that night was Jeff Jarrett, old Double J. Very excited. Very excited. He was a nice, super nice guy. I had a blast with him. You know, we were running. <laughs> I was running trivia to give away milk gift cards and whatnot. He was all about it, man. Just throwing down. He uh, well, initially I was trying to get somebody from New Japan. Uh, and that obviously did not work out. So, well, I, I guess technically I did get somebody from New Japan because I got Double J, Jeff Jarrett, yeah. Bullet, Bullet Club member. <laughs> oh, yeah. He did, he did have those Bullet Club shirts. Uh, he's like, hey, brother, I just got a couple of these Bullet Club shirts. You know he just loads up on them everywhere he goes. Because, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we worked out a, a deal where, like, uh, you know, we just, we, we like, bought them completely out. But he's like, hey, man, I, got, I found a couple of these Bullet Club shirts in my bag. You think I could... You know, sell sell these. You know, I only got a couple of them. I think he had like a whole, like a whole run. He never got guitar club shirts made, or did he? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm amazed he uh, never really came out with any guitar club shirts. Maybe he did. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Words gonna have to check the TNA warehouse. <laughs> he uh, he was a lot of fun, and I was amused at how uh, present of mind he was with everything that's happening in AIW. He's selling his t-shirts, speaking of, and I'm sure this is what you're about to talk about. Well, I was going to, uh, well, what I was going to do is, what I was going to say is, two days before, yeah, this is what I was going he to. calls me and he's like, he like fucks up his rib though. He's like, he's like, well, you know, anytime someone's like, you got to call, uh, it's bad news. You know, whenever someone's like, hey, I got to call you on the phone. I, I, it's always bad news. So he's like, hey, I got to call you. So he calls me. He's like, you know, two things. One thing, I'm making it. The second thing is, like, I, I got to be in New York. I don't know if I'm going to make it. Then he's like, oh, wait, fuck. I just fucked up my own rib. In the phone call? Yeah. He like, what do you do? Because he was like, oh, I was trying to rib you about Sid, and I fucked it all up. But I said I was coming before I did my joke. Yeah. So day um, of, he's selling his T-shirts, and he keeps calling me over. He's like, say this for a deal, you know. They were twenty dollars a piece. He's like, but two for sixty as long as this, three for oh, ninety as long as this, and then he he has me say, tell them three for ninety as long as the travel ban is lifted. <laughs> he t- that pops the crowd. Everybody loves the fact that old Double J. Knew he knew all about it. As soon as he got there, he shook my hand. He's like, I want to thank you for calling the president before I got on the plane. He's like, everything <laughs> went smooth. <laughs> He was uh, he was a lot of fun to be around. It is difficult to fly out of the South these days. I, we learned that from Sid. As as Worldwide has pointed out, uh, we had a a fortunate good run of these legends that have been coming through. Minus Sid. Minus yeah. Sid. Who didn't make it to WrestleCon, by the way. Really, the two masters of the powerbomb have been the guys that have uh, dicked us. <laughs> yeah, that that is true. The white what was that? That fucking photo on the on the beach. It's like Sid Vader and Colonel Robert Parker. Yeah, <laughs> cheating the midget. So Line of three ain't bad. No, so that is true. Yeah, talking to the mic, brother. We uh, we have the double J. We we open doors on time, six o'clock. He gets that uh, meet and greet, ran through, good times there. Then we'll see him. Yeah, I was a little worried he wasn't gonna make it though with that phone call though, because he's like. <laughs> Because he's like, yeah, you know, I got to change my flight. I got to be in New York. I got to do this. I got to do that. He's a real mover and a shaker, this guy. He's all over the place. And then it's like, I wanted to try to get a podcast with him, but he's like, ah, you know, I got a radio interview going at three. Got another one going. He's like, what time do I need to be there? And I was like, uh, like 5.30. Well, he's like, ah, you know, I got a radio appearance lined up on the, on the phone, uh, 5.45 to 6.05. <laughs> I was like, okay. okay. Uh, so what do you want to call, man? <laughs> 
He's got his schedule lined up for like every minute. He is of the day. A, like, and I talk to other people, and they just say he's just nonstop on the phone doing business all the time, That's moving that fucking gold. Good I saw him. him do some business too uh, when he was first getting in the building because. Uh, you know, he's like over by the meet and greet table and he's like, everyone's coming up and shaking hands and saying hello. And then he sees Jack Sampson from across the room and he's like, Jack! <laughs> yeah, he's very excited to see Jack Sampson. Yeah, which, I mean, I guess makes all the sense in the world, but that was a fun interaction to see. Yeah, it was It was like, uh, I've met him before, but I never thought that he would remember that. And he was just like, oh, I know you. I met you before. He's like, I met you here and here. Like rattled it right off. Yeah, you met him at... Uh uh pritchard right and then yeah, i met him at the global force show like a year before that oh yeah me and <laughs> flynn did ring crew on that one yeah you guys were the ring crew over there was that yeah. the one at the uh ballpark yeah okay but those six-sided rings are a pain in the ass <laughs> <laughs> a little tricky for you huh not a fan not a fan <laughs> well we'll keep it four sides over here hell yeah <laughs> But yeah, he was, uh, you know, it, it went, it went pretty good. I was pretty excited. You know, it's, it's always good. Like, especially, you know, you, you, you hear these stories of these guys getting sober, but you don't know if they're really sober Yeah. and double J definitely had a really crazy party rep. So, you know, you didn't know if it was just like, you know, for, for the internet or whatever, but he was, he was totally with it. Like the, the whole day. And you gotta remember he is about to go into the WWE hall of fame. In like so, a week or two weeks or whatever. Yeah, he could have just completely big timed us if he really wanted to and just been an ass. But not Double J, I will say, is probably the smoothest talking guy I've ever met in my entire life. Like <laughs> he could, he could talk you into anything. I think. I mean, so, you talk to him. You know, he's just he's just with it and like yeah. a fast talking Southern, you know, business guy. Like, and you guys came away with any global force gold though? No, uh, I didn't get any gold. No gold. No. I think that's what he's always on the phone about, dude. Moving that gold around. It's a move. Market up and down, you know. I mean, where's Fort Knox? <laughs> Somewhere in the south, right? Yeah. He's also very there supportive of that. Like, he's, he pretty much like follows all of us now on social media. I think. <coughs> oh yeah, great guy. So as we go into the card itself, uh, the show opens up with MJF and Dick Justice. MJF, MJF. This is his first show because it wasn't in Akron, which was uh, in between this and the February show, where we find out he's Colt Cabana's son. So immediately he's just getting chided with that by the entire audience. And I don't know when that's going to ever. I just want to say that as we're recording this, this show feels like it was a lifetime ago. A billion and (laughs) one years. It feels like, I feel like I have so, (laughs) so much has happened between. (laughs) For you. Yeah. You're on your, uh, your seventh life already. (coughs) Let's hope not. Let's hope not. (laughs) But yeah, so you're going to have to remind me because I, I'm going to have a very foggy memory on this. Well, this this whole series, fans were a big fan of this because uh, Dick Justice does a search of MJF, finds some alleged narcotics. I don't know. Contraband. Some sort of powdered substance. Some sort of substance on him. I think he planted it on him, though, which uh, he's corrupt police, man. What are you going to do? Oh, don't get him going on that. I just don't think MJF's that kind of guy. Maybe he is. I don't know. Crowd goes wild. They love it. Uh, just a fun match in general. And uh, MJF showing that he's uh, still he's a versatile guy, right? That's probably why he's one of the more popular names on the independent scene. Don, you get to see him pretty much everywhere. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Max can kind of do anything and everything. His name's um, not Max, it's MJF. MJF, Maxwell, <laughs> Feinstein, Friedman, whatever he wants to go by. I mean, he changes it like every third week. But uh, MJF pretty much 
can do anything. Like, he's very versatile, like you'd said, Steve. He did the comedy here with uh, Dick Justice, you know, and then if he needs to go out and have, you know, that kind of blow-away indie match, he can go and do that. He's just got a lot of, like, great qualities to him that make him one of the hottest guys out there right now. Yeah, he does a great job endearing himself to the AIW fan base. He's kind of... I don't think he endears himself to them. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't think he used that word right there, Steve. He's, yeah, he, you're, you're right. And he's not very endearing. He's very... Uh, Hate, hated, hated is he a good word. His, he does his role well, you know. There and, you go. I think they hate him. We're in in a time and world where they hate him. There's not a lot of yeah straight heels. They hate him. Straight faces. They hate him, which is what he wants them to. Not do, endearing. Which is what we want. Them <laughs> not, to do. Endearing. not endearing. They hate him. He takes the hate. I love it. Erase the hate, everybody. <laughs> Rise above. I'm sure he'd love to erase the hate and maybe sell some shirts. Titus O'Neil, hard on the hand, that you know. <laughs> yeah. Kanye's. Do you remember yes, in the nineties when they really tried to get squash it over? Do you remember that? Like they'd be like, squash it. Be like, squash squash the beef. Squash ah, the heat on the streets. Vaguely. They would like do it after in Living Color Chain, episodes. Change the world, man. Obviously Fatu. today watching basketball is like, how come nobody fully says like slam dunk anymore? It's always just a dunk. A lot of stuff just gone by the wayside. Endearing. Endearing <laughs> to the people. <laughs> nobody's uh, <laughs> nobody's being endearing with the slam dunk anymore. Anyway, moving on. Uh, we roll into a four-way tag match, which is the production with the Young Studs, Philly Marino Experience, and Duke Money, one of the newer tag teams, Jack Sampson and Mance Warner. I can't production rem- was Dan Housen and Eddie Only. I can't remember, but I know the Young Studs were added to this last minute. There's a bunch, there were some changes on this show that I cannot recall. Yeah, that so- sounds correct. And I, I don't, for the life of me, like you said, it's like a... Feels like a year ago. I don't remember. I know the young studs were like booked like day of. Somebody else was supposed to be there. Some things were shuffled around. I know that. Yeah. Dom, you remember? Yeah. Uh, this was kind of like one of your unannounced matches that you wanted to roll with. I think. <laughs> I know it was unannounced, but I know that things things had to change. Yeah, some things had to change, but I think this was mostly the way it was supposed to be, if I'm not mistaken, because you might have put a graphic up on some form on like Instagram stories, but. I think this one was pretty was pretty much the same. I think that four way later had some changes to it that were late. Yeah, there's definitely some changes in that. But uh yeah, just trying out like a different combination of the production, Dan Housen and Eddie only. You know, they're pretty similar in size and style, so Yeah. Uh, see how see how that would go. And those oh. are two guys the two newest members of the production. People haven't seen them quite as much uh to this point. Very endearing to the crowd, would you say? Uh, the crowd does love the production, don't they? Eh, I don't know. Everyone loves face paint. What do you? I don't. I don't <laughs> like face paint. I, I I hate face paint. I fucking hate it. <laughs> I'll save my pitch for later. Oh, oh you got a face paint pitch? No, no, no. Oh, I was hoping you guys. Yeah, really. I was hoping you guys would become the Road Warriors next. Yeah, that would be a move. The Weird Warriors. But you guys have to ride. You guys have to ride like bicycles in like the '92 SummerSlam entrance. But bicycles as opposed to motorcycles. And I have to eat a bunch of ibuprofen instead of a bunch of placidils before I. Uh, I mean, I think you, I, I think you might eat the placidils no matter what, brother. Uh, I'm not. That's not my scene, man. <laughs> I'm not even familiar with a placidil. Is it sounds like a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were dinosaur ass men, so they got to eat dinosaur ass pills. I, I think uh, speaking of the, the Road Warriors, I think this is the last match we see Eric Ryan with the hawk haircut. That was a good look. Yeah. I want him to just grow the skullet out, if we're really being honest. No one's owning a skullet these days. You should do it. You got the. I have one. a full head of hair, Steve, guy. Just it's very endearing it, to me. Shave it into the. Uh, 
into the, not, the Hogan. That's the, just faking the, the funk. Locks. What? And then I have to wax it all the time. I have all the time in the world for this. I mean, this endearing Steve guy. I don't <laughs> got some time on your hands. I got no time. Uh, you got no time. I heard the soup business is about to slow down. Ah, uh, yeah. Plenty of time. But then the security business picks up, though, right? Uh, yeah, other than uh, we're just getting the leftover, like, horrible, horrible hippie shows, which I <laughs> just want to murder them all. You're not human, just so you know. Well, all right. If you're then. listening to this out there and you're a big fan of fish or EDM, you're not human. Okay. <laughs> On well, to then. the next match. Welcome back to the podcast world, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Into the next match, a we have uh, anything special happen in the tag match? I haven't, I have uh, not seen it. Really, production picks up the win. Uh, people still hate the Duke as he comes out with Duke money. Did Philly hit his uh, standing shooter or standing, standing moonsault? Moon yes, he did. He did. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Everyone hates the Duke, rightfully so. Yeah. Yep. A lot going on in this match uh, at all times, but uh, very fun. I would very say fun. this is the night that the fans finally got to the Duke. Yes, yes, they yeah. did. Oh, yeah, I would say that. There's some harsh language. Yeah. Duke has been reprimanded. He's been fined. <laughs> He's got the money. Yeah, so I don't, and he does. The next, the next match we roll into, Lewis Linden uh, and Eddie Kingston. Gear Eddie showed up. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna just going to throw us out there right now on the podcast, Steve. Um, I will be conducting uh, gear bag checks of Eddie Kingston, and I will be confiscating basketball shorts when he shows up from now on. From now on, I've said it once, I've said it ten thousand times. Those are wrestling shorts; they are not basketball shorts. No, they're his excuse to not wrestle as hard as he does when he's in gear. I don't care what excuse he gives me. There is not a soul in this world that will tell you that Eddie Kingston does not wrestle harder when he has some sort of gear on, whether it be his Gary Albright getup from Bloodsport. Or it be his his Mad King. You like the Gary Albright look? He wore yeah, he, looking good. Yeah, he's gonna go with that moving forward. I think he said, <laughs> just all singlet, right? Yeah, singlet and kick pads. Yeah. He. Uh, I don't know. We got to get the Puerto Rican pants back. I think. Oh, I, I agree to that. What? About, this was a good match, though. Uh, another one of those. It, it just hard hitting. It's everything you expect. I mean, Lewis Linden always delivers, and I still don't understand why Lewis Linden doesn't. Uh, get more opportunities outside of AIW because, I mean, he's he's probably one of the most solid workers in all the Midwest. We know bookers listen, like other promoters listen to this show. Uh, Lewis so. Linden is the guy. He's the guy. Yeah. When when you ask who's... If you want a guaranteed good match, it's Lewis Linden no, against anybody. Sound, hands down. Uh, there, yeah, I can't think of in the last two years a, a bad Lewis London match. I said no, he delivers every time. That's why I, I just don't understand why why he's not more places. Uh, he he definitely should be. You know, he's especially in all these Midwest companies that are popping up. He's pretty centrally located in Michigan. So he can yeah. get to anywhere. So he picks up the win over Gearetti, but uh, Gearetti just couldn't get it done. What a banger! What a banger that was! A banger, endearing, yeah. very endearing. The banger was very. <laughs> they endeared themselves to the crowd with an excellent match, and a banger, and a banger, a banger. It sounds very. It makes me uncomfortable when you say banger. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like a, a word in your vocab. Well, I didn't want to say. You know, you don't want to say barn burner. Colt cabanger. <laughs> oh. Barn burner. Okay, bar- next. <laughs> you like barn burner? I like barn burner for you. Well, I didn't. Want, you know, I, I didn't know they'd be copyright. sports guys. Steve, barn burner works for you, I think. Dom's getting pissed already. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast, Dom. From downtown comes Dom. (laughs) Uh, I thought you'd be more relaxed now that you're a drinker, that you broke straight edge. Yeah, I didn't even drink that night. 
Oh, I seen you. orange was gone. I seen you have a couple drinks about a month or two ago. Oh yeah, we switched roles. You're a drinker now. No, I'm a non-drinker. My, my after I make my promoting debut, I'm I, I'm okay. Let's around. let's uh, let, <laughs> promoting debut. You typed up a couple documents for me. Hey, he did have a whole hashtag going for him. Yeah, well, you know, someone's got to try to get over somehow. <laughs> True. So the next match we go into uh, is a six-man tag. It is mystery mystery team. Remember, you're correct. Joshua it's Bishop, back Chase Oliver, now. and Trey Lamar. We did know that because this comes from the Akron show, uh, <coughs> where members of the No Consequence team come out and help Josh Bishop as he's getting brutally beaten down by Josh Prohibition, his one-time hero, Josh. And we did not know who you're rooting for in that one, yeah. Josh. <laughs> <laughs> we did not know who the mystery partners would be. For Josh Prohibition, lo and behold, outcomes to infinity and beyond. <coughs> and uh, we have ourselves a little... What did you think about this one, Steve? I had a good time with this. I believe good. that... Was this the first match where uh, Trey and Chase do the through the rope moonsault? And the moonsault? Uh, or was that... They uh, did. I think they, they did, did that in January. Before. I think they did that in they January. They death row. Okay. But, the, but Chase didn't concuss himself once again, so... He did not? He's on, a, on this match. That's a victory. He's on a roll. I think we're like four shows in a row, so... Hell yeah. I think he's figured out his Keep moveset. Keep that brain healthy. I think he's figured out if he doesn't do that fucking crazy DDT, he'll be okay. He wore wrestled Dr. Yeah. Dan. I think this was a good uh, this was a good move, especially for To Infinity Beyond, to get him kind of outside of the tag title picture for a while. Give him something different to do, freshen him up a little bit. I think this helps solidify, you know, that we're looking at Josh <coughs> Prohibition as... A heel here, too. No, I don't think so. People still hate to infinity beyond. I, still, it, they have not gotten over the people don't shooting gringo loco. People don't hate Josh Prohibition though. It's more of like a veterans versus rookies thing, and like shade of gray. I think. Yeah, I think they hate to to infinity beyond. They definitely but they, hate them. But they're gritty veterans too. You know what I mean? So That's like, people respect that. People respect the veterans. <laughs> you know, just like you know, just like the soldiers. They respect the veterans. Respect the soldiers. Love yeah. the troops. Yeah, love the troops. Oh, how about that national anthem? Well, we talked about that last week. <laughs> <laughs> last week, four weeks ago. Yeah, many weeks ago. Time doesn't exist. So yeah, we're living in a fucking weird time warp yeah. on this podcast, yeah. where time moves forward and backwards all at once. But uh, no, I think this was this was a, and it's also good for uh, you know the no con- consequences guys to get in there and work with more veteran guys and and learn more because. I mean, you've heard it a million times if you've ever watched a wrestling shoot interview. But you're you're only, you're only as good as the person that you're working with, and you're only going to learn if you're if you're working with somebody that knows more than you. So, uh, it's just part of the process of expediting uh, these students into, you know, into these spots because you know I've been saying it for a long time. Look at the indies right now; they are super thin on any sort of like attraction type of guys. Yeah. Everybody and anybody who has meant basically anything has been signed pretty much at this point other than a few select guys. So, uh, you, you gotta get these guys, you gotta get these guys the experience when you can get it for them because who knows who's going to be around next month. Well, we talked about the consummate professional that Josh Prohibition is, but, uh, throwing these younger guys in there with a Colin Delaney as well. And there was, there was a small window of time where he was, he was going back and then, you know, that, that, that fell through. That's his story to tell, though. But uh, <coughs> you know, it, you got to And a guy like Cheech, you know, he he's wrestled everybody and anybody for you know yeah. over a decade. Uh, so these guys have a lot of experience <laughs> that they can you know help these younger guys out as as much as uh, you know 
uh, give them a little, give them a little a tough, tough lessons inside the ring too. And they're the kind of guys too, where, you know, if you pull back the curtain a bit, as a match is being formulated, they're the kind of guys who are going to be like, no, why that doesn't make sense. Yeah, you know, and, and if it does, and if it goes so bad, they're gonna they're gonna light them up a little bit and you know yeah. teach them, and then also let you know after the match what went wrong. Yeah, yeah Colin and Cheech are amazing to uh, wrestle with. Yeah, you've wrestled them, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. one of our best until recently. <laughs> we'll get to that one. Oh yeah, <laughs> stay tuned, folks. Yeah. So would you say worldwide in your experience that these guys basically are getting a, a seminar there that they don't even have to pay for? Oh yeah. Paid seminar. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> paid seminar. Those are the best. You seminars. get paid for taking the seminar. Yes. <laughs> As it should be. No, I still say these kids are getting paid way too early, but that's me. <laughs> hey, man. Well, wasn't, wasn't my decision. Paid, talk to the Pedro's financial advisor. He's a very advisor. nice guy. Financial advisors. I, I say no money for the students, but. <laughs> I'm so mad I'm getting paid. <laughs> You're mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, this leads us into uh, intermission. Uh, well, it will lead us into what leads us into intermission. All Dr. Dickhead comes out to the ring. <laughs> Here he comes. With or no, his, who, D- Double J comes out. No, or no, Dr. Dickhead. Dr. Dickhead with his stupid little headset. He's coming white out suit. there. What's Spitting that? his bull his shark. White suit. His white suit. Coming out there, telling everybody how great he is. How, and then he introduces Double J Jeff Jarrett because, according to the doctor, that's why Double J is going to the Hall of Fame. Because of Dr. Dan? Yep. That's what he says. That's what he told everybody. Brings out a nice little guitar. I believe he was going to gift to Jeff Jarrett, I think. And uh, I think the old Double J wanted to sing sing a song with Dr. Dan. Dr. Dan was not having it. Oh, so I, I'll, give, I, I'll give some people a little insight into this. <laughs> when I was trying to book Double J, uh, <coughs> after, because I was going back and forth with the New Japan people, I was trying to get like Liger or like somebody crazy. Yeah. And it just it didn't work. <coughs> so I go to Double J. Uh, just because I I've always wanted to get Double J and AW like forever. This is the first time I've ever had to in an email like response on booking somebody. I had to pitch creative, like I had to give him a creative pitch in <laughs> in order for, for him to uh, accept the booking or not. So I actually had to like instead of just book somebody for the meet and greet, I had to come up with like an angle for him or whatever for him to agree or disagree to. And uh, this is what I came up with. This is my creative pitch right here. So, did you send him a picture of Doctor Dan? No. Were you aware of Doctor Dan? <laughs> no, I just uh, just said a heel. I, I just kept it playing with a heel. Okay. So when Doctor Dan gets crushed over the head with this guitar, idiot. Do you uh, was that pitched to to you or by you? Oh, that was in the, that was in the creative pitch. That yes. Was in there. Uh, although uh, somebody, the person who was responsible for purchasing the guitar. Uh, got like a fucking, you know, the, uh, the honky tonk man, Jake, the snake or whatever fucking guitar. They don't break. That would have been Didn't Dr. Pull out the back braces. That was yeah. Dr. Dan himself. Didn't new jack that thing up. <laughs> said he, said he had had, a, he gimmicked it. He had it ready to go. Uh, apparently did not do that enough because if those of you he who are gets fucking kabonged, dude, yeah. and that thing does not break. <laughs> Talk about concussions. Uh, it barely Let's gets not talk about concussions. Let's not say those things. <laughs> he barely Steve. gets his hand up in in time. He did get his hand up, which I thought broke his fucking arm. Yeah, because that <laughs> Double J goes, brother, this ain't gonna break, man. <laughs> <laughs> and he fucking he swung it, dude. He swung it for the fences, and uh, he did. Whew. What, what that, made me laugh then is we bring it to Dan afterwards. 
because he was like, I don't know what to do with it. You could just auction it off or something. I was like, dude, you got cracked with this thing and it's barely broken. I don't know. Maybe you have Double J sign it and you keep this? When's the next time you're going to get crushed over the head with a guitar by Double J, dude? Next time he saves me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Double J had a whole pitch to come back about doing like guitar raffles. I don't know. <laughs> like it was like, he, <laughs> before he's even, before he was in out the door, he's like, hey, you know, next time I got this idea, you know, we raffle off these guitars. And, uh, you know, he's he's just always, always about business, it, man. man. He's always about business. It was like, I, I just couldn't help but laugh because he's, <laughs> Not even he just finishes his segment. He's already pitching his uh, pitching his ankle to come back again. He had a great time. Sell- I mean, Rob Parker was like much the same way though, too. Oh yeah, they Southerners, dude. They yeah. always he was uh, he did sing with the with the crowd though. They enjoyed looking. <coughs> yeah, got a, got himself a little uh, practice for the Hall of Fame speech. Yeah, a song that he doesn't actually sing, but that's our. What are you was still talking fun. about? Yeah, I I think he like literally was just learning the words to it like recently. <laughs> But you figure at this point in time, like he'd have to learn it. I think he was kind of like hot about it when it when it like it got over last year. Yeah, and then like now he's totally embraced it. That's the move. I mean, that's you know, <laughs> that's just rumor and innuendo. But uh, we leave intermission and go back into the show, and we open up with a a four way. And this Dom, as you alluded to earlier, we had to make some changes. It ends up being Tim Donst. Gringo Loco, Shane Mercer, and uh, Nasty Russ from Jollyville. <coughs> yeah, I think uh, Calvin Tankman I had initially in there, and then he said he could not do oh, it for this whatever is reason. Changing the tag match because <coughs> you want to put Jollyville in the tag match, but uh, <coughs> Team Money. Yeah, Team Money couldn't, couldn't do there. it, but Nasty Russ could. But so. Nasty Russ could, so we. So you decided to do the four way, and then I think Don's was supposed to wrestle in a singles, but some kind of injury. Uh, just pushed that and it put him in the four way then. Yeah, so uh, th- this is this is kind of the benefit of leaving some matches unannounced though too, because you can make these switches and the people really don't know about it. Yeah, it all looks like it made sense. Um, <coughs> this is Shane Mercer's last show for a while because he cannot do any more dates after this. Which later on, like he was booked to go like pretty strong in the gauntlet, and then he told me he's like I wasn't available for like the next like six dates that we had. So I was like, oh, I guess I got to change that. <laughs> Which is unfortunate because the guy is a beast. And for those people in the audience who had not seen him uh, when he was introduced to them through AIW, I think people are wildly impressed with him. Uh, I know, shout out to uh, Josh Welf, who was at this show in attendance, uh, sipping on some beer in Rita's. It was his Mostly first Rita's. time seeing Shane Mercer, and he was in awe of him. Uh, yeah, Jay Welf is a... He likes to party, that guy. He likes to party and he likes to wear his Tracy Smothers merch. <laughs> Even though he knows it's wrong. He's like, right or wrong, it's wrong. But AIW, he's always rocking that uh, Tracy shirt. He Bless your Tracy heart, Smothers. Well, Yeah, those virtual pros guys, man, they're, they're wild. <laughs> they do go hard. Yeah, we, I, we had to make sure since we knew that they were coming to get as many different flavors of Rita's available as possible. <laughs> I kept looking over because they sit next to me. And I kept checking because the first half of the show, they did not have, I think, maybe one Rita. And I had to harass them, knowing that you stocked up hard on the Rita specifically for them. So, And I specifically want those things out of my life because, spoiler alert, if there's leftover beer, it usually goes in my or somebody else's trunk that's going to the after-after party. <laughs> and one of the darkest moments of my recent memory 
is uh, about 6.30 in the morning. I'm talking to some people. And all that there is left is like a warm mango Rita. And I cracked it. And as tasty as those things are cold, they are just... I was thrown into a layer of hell that I was not ready for. It was like having the desert just puked into your mouth. It was horrible. It's making me squirm. Yeah. Yeah. Don't ever drink a warm Rita, anyone, especially at 630 in the morning. It's making me feel good about my not drinking future right now. Uh, Getting on that sabbatical. You thought your hospital food was bad. (laughs) Try a warm Rita, brother. I tried to have a nibble of your hospital food, and that was terrible. The the desert getting spit into your mouth. Just puked into your mouth. (laughs) That's about what the hospital food was like. Yeah, that those. How do you mess up JoJo's, man? <laughs> they messed up mashed potatoes, they man. Up JoJo's and they also up chicken fingers. <coughs> oh my god, that Salisbury steak was a war crime. But <laughs> did you take a bite? I like almost took a bite, and I smelled it, and I was like, I it, eat a lot of really gross shit. You can't even have smell hard awful. on a gas station roller. <laughs> I'll eat it like the four dollar Chinese buffet. Yes, but so that hospital buffet. food was yeah. You sh- you were right in your hunger strike. Yeah, fucking right I was. There you go. Matt Just poor Matt Justice, he experienced the bad the, the bad of the hospital food about five thirty in the morning. Oh yeah. Well, back to wrestling. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a tangent. <laughs> we we then go into uh first time anywhere match, which was mind boggling to me that this has not happened anywhere. Hot sauce Tracy Williams and DJ Z. And uh this was a barn burner, John. Barn burner. Uh, I, Barn burner merch coming for, soon. Look, I had high hopes. This is Rockin one of those. Socket them. This is Pro one of those for me as, as a guy like as the the ring Slap announcer. the porpoise sitting right there by the side. Like this is one of the things I see on paper, and I'm looking forward to. And at least for me, it, it didn't disappoint. Uh, two different styles, but um, Hot Sauce, another one of those those versatile guys that can really work with anybody. And so is DJ. DJ Z is he, he? I think he gets kind of like. Uh, <laughs> Like typecast as like just a high flyer or whatever, yeah. but uh, or a lucha guy, but he's 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 very technically proficient. Yeah, and then Hot Sauce sometimes gets maybe typecast for just grappling, grappling. Yeah, but he can do a lot of different things too, and, and work with uh, whomever. It was it was a barn burner. It was a barn burner. Very excited about this one, were you? I was. I had a blast watching this. The it barns was, were uh, blazing. I saw nothing in the second half because I was nervous about my. Gauntlet appearance. So. Yeah, I was stretching. You're getting ready. Yeah. yeah, I was doing. I was. I was. I was working out with those fucking stretchy bands in the basement. I get. I, I mean, we had. So are you just doing thousands of burpees, Hindus. I was getting ready, man. We had three. Psych, I was trying to psych out the field down there. As yeah. as fun as the gauntlet is, and as much that happens in there, we had three fantastic singles matches on this card between, uh, with with Lewis Linden, Eddie Kingston, uh, this one with Hot Sauce at DJZ, and then our final singles match which is for the absolute title, Nick Gage and Matthew Justice. Which I heard was an insanity. Absolute insanity. Dom, how did you describe this? Um, I mean, it's kind of like an old ECW main event from like 97, probably like in the vein of like Tommy Dreamer and Raven, but with less run, like with no run-ins. And it was like one of those deals where it was Matt Justice, who's this big ECW fan, you know, mixing it up with another guy who wants to go that style, and they just beat each other up, and just tons of fun. This match honestly happened because Matt Justice told me it was his, the show was on his birthday, and he said it was his dream to wrestle Nick Gage. So that was his birthday present. That's what we do in AIW. We make dreams come true. Telling stories, making dreams come true. That's right. He climbed all the way up to the top of the bleachers 
and jumped off the side down on which i think he was trying to get up to that little window he crease, was but he, he wanted couldn't. to get up to the window he was asking me if we had ladders that were tall enough and i'm like i have no idea dude i don't think so dude like we saw one ladder I'm like i think that's the tallest one you got it doesn't look like it's gonna make it up there plus it's not gonna be sturdy just leading and up the there were some <laughs> really disgusting like table uh encounters yeah we had some tables that weren't breaking well he broke the little japanese table for or nick put through uh a pile nick driver put, yeah Nick to the floor. That was through, crazy. Yeah, through the yeah. little Japanese table. So the those little tables that don't usually break. That one broke, but just about every other table they tried in this match it did not break, um, including the one where Nick just power bombs Matt onto his head pretty much on that table, which is the end of the match. Which yeah. also little known fact about this: Nick Gage wrestled that match with pneumonia. He's fucking <laughs> patient zero. <laughs> yeah, he probably, he's probably maybe this it. is where it started. He had, he had told me that he wasn't feeling well, but. He didn't know at the time, I think, that it was pneumonia. Yeah, well, no, because the story that I was told was he went to the hospital the day he was supposed to leave for New Orleans and WrestleMania weekend, and they said, uh, we need to keep you. You have pneumonia. And he said, no, I'm going to New Orleans, and went and left the doctor and got on a plane. That's insane. <laughs> that was literally the worst two weeks of my life. Well, Nick Gage is not a doc caller. No. Yeah, he's not a dot caller. He's a shot caller, brother. Shot caller, not a dot caller. Shout out to the fans yelling for my safety when they did go through the little Japanese table, but don't worry, guys. Do you think they really meant it? Do you think they really wanted no, you to be safe? I, to them. <laughs> I mean, you are really endearing. Although I did get thrown from my chair by uh, Matt Justice. A lot of people were worried about me after that. Matt Justice is a wild man. It's fine, guys. He's out of control. And then even Matt the birthday drinking was in full effect after the match. Oh, oh boy. Probably more so than... Poor Funhouse. <laughs> Poor Funhouse. Poor Funhouse. They put up with a lot. They do put up with they a lot. Had a rough, uh, and then he had a good after He never party. made it to the after after party. He just... Uh, <laughs> no, he didn't Last time to. I saw Matt Justice that night, he was sitting on the floor of the bathroom <laughs> after puking into the urinal. I left him there. I left him on the floor of the bathroom to go upstairs to get him water and the next thing he needed more than water man <laughs> next he, thing i know lights, he needed an iv of like just pure vitamins i was like uh let me at least go get you water dude and somebody to help because i don't think you're gonna be able to walk back up the stairs and i think i don't remember if it was uh bev i sent down or you just need to send the bev down for that or who it was and then next thing i know <coughs> matt just is out of commission rough go but he he survived the match. He survived the match. Yes. He survived the match. He didn't survive the after party. And that's how we like to do things at AIW. Happy birthday. <laughs> uh, and then that takes us into the main event of the evening, the gauntlet for the gold. And leading off with the Duke, which, of course, pleases nobody. <laughs> nobody. To the fact that they get to yell and boo at him because it pisses them off. Uh, people like to yell. People like to be angry at the Duke, so they were happy with that. I don't think the people Duke. I don't think him. the Duke understands that he is like a, uh, like he's like a performer in which like they're yelling at the Duke. They're not yelling at. Yeah. They're not going to his his tax job and yelling at him. Right. I think he gets. I think he takes it a little too personally sometimes. Yeah. I think he forgets. Uh, I, I think he like. I, I don't think. Yeah, send him to like an old Anderson seminar. I don't think the Duke knows where. Where where Duke stops and the Duke starts. I think he's he's having trouble with that line. If you if you don't like the fact that they're yelling at you as being the Duke, then I really think he thinks in his head he's a babyface though. Skill, you think so? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why does he keep doing these uh, heel things? 
I think he is like what you said the, the uh, MJF is, yeah. and he thinks he's like endearing in the fact that he's like playing this. He's like playing the good a good role as a heel, but they because really he's doing like such him. Such a great job. He thinks everybody should. Yeah, like he thinks him. they're just playing along with like the the act. Yeah, I don't think he understands that they really do like don't like him at all. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> He thinks he's a baby face on the set. Well, then everybody gets pumped because as much as they hate him, out at number two comes that's, John Thorne. That was me, and I was very excited. I was very nervous as well. Now, could you tell people why this took place initially? Because now this was this was a week. this was a litmus test to see if people would care if I wrestled the Duke at Absolution. They did, but uh, that's <laughs> I said. All right, Duke. I said I'll give you about I'll give you about ninety seconds. Uh, <laughs> Because that's probably all I got, it, like to see if people would care about this. And if they care, I'll get I'll get ready. <laughs> I'll take like the next couple months and I'll get ready and I'll have I'll be ready to go for a match. Uh, you know, I didn't think I was gonna get pneumonia in between that and <laughs> all kinds of shit. But that was initially why it was it was a tease uh, that we were gonna come back to for Absolution. <laughs> and. Uh, Man, I fucking I beat the shit out of the Duke. <laughs> He's it, does, it, does, it does not look nearly as good on video as it. I f- like it I felt know. live. Yeah, because I hit him so fucking hard with that lariat, so hard. He started bleeding from his ear from that, right? I, he was bleeding from his ear. I don't know, but uh, he he motherfucked me so bad when he got to the back because he's like, "Don't you know wrestling's fucking work, man? What the fuck?" It's like, hey, man, I don't know. Yeah, this is what you signed up for. This is how I wrestled everybody I've ever wrestled. <laughs> Lefisto was fine with it. Yeah, I mean, I had him. I, I I wish that like that lariat felt like I fucking could have taken down a mountain. I threw it so hard, but it does not look nearly as good on video. I don't think, in my opinion, it does not look as good as it felt live. <laughs> and I know I gave him a back elbow in which my whole I like threw my whole body into him, and I did like a full like three sixty. Uh, because I was trying to kill him. I was trying to put my, I was trying to put my elbow through his heart. Well, he didn't, unfortunately. So then, you know, Jack comes out and eliminates me, and that's, you know, that was about the minute and a half that I had promised the Duke. That was that. And I was tired. I was tired. You were done. I took, I, I took one bump, and like my, for a week and a half, my body felt like it was like melting. <laughs> <laughs> like I think it was just like injuries that I probably got from the Lufisto match. Yeah. That like just. You know, I don't know. We're like settled or something. And that like I took one bump and it was like my whole body was like ready to just die. For like a week and a half, I was like limping and couldn't walk. Like thought I needed a cane. Worldwide, you'd make your way into the gauntlet. Uh, yeah, gone. I had a lucky number twenty-seven. I had politicked uh, to uh, get you know the lucky, the luckiest, the luckiest r- r- Rumble Royale number. Yes, and. Uh, didn't turn out in my favor. Uh, just came out a house of fire on one Magnum CK. Also had a fun uh, promo before the, for the DVD on the show where I apologized to Filthy Tom for his injury. Because, uh, you see, one time a long time ago, me and Dom, we were rolling, doing the jujitsu. Fun fact, I'm not good at jujitsu, But by God, did I squeeze the hell out of Dom's head for two minutes. Two minutes. I thought I was going to be suffocated by the smell of cigarettes for those two minutes. Yeah, that's... <laughs> why do you think I smoke, man? Because <laughs> of you smoke a But yeah, I squeezed and I squeezed and I turned that head of coal into a diamond. <laughs> and then my arm got tired and he choked me out. But either way, had I not squoze your head so hard, uh, 
you know, maybe you wouldn't have had that injury. So once again, apologies to Filthy Tom. I will never do jujitsu again because I, I don't know my own strength and uh, I don't have the technique. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, either way, came out of House of Fire on that handsome son of a gun, Magnum CK. And then uh, some deviltry went down and I got ejected. And, ejected? Uh, ejected. Thrown out. And then I tried to get back in. Potato was like, no, you can't go back in. Shoved him a nice five or six feet. You must not have endeared yourself as a potato. Did not endear myself to the potato, but then I endeared myself to uh, the beer stand where we had an amazing uh, placement for uh, Party Never Ends. They were bartending all night. Celebrity bartenders. Celebrity bartenders. And then when Party Parker got called, he came straight from the beer stand to the ring. Yeah. And did the dang thing. And then he exited. <laughs> Big Twan. Big Twan do his full entrance. Uh, Big Twan did do his full entrance. Well, actually, <laughs> Big, poor, poor Big Twan, man. He was a. Uh, we. Uh, yeah. He fell victim to the. He fell victim to the uh, second surprise entrant so, in the gauntlet. Yeah, the, the second surprise entrant in this was none other than Super Oprah. When was the last time Super Oprah appeared in an AIW show? <sighs> at least at least six years. Wow. I mean, probably way longer than that. Honestly, probably closer to ten. And then here comes young Bing Tuan. And this is partially on me. Of course it is. Big, um, Big Tuan is... Well, no, if, we all booked no, it. No, there's, there's, a, we great, booked there's it. a great funny part in this, if, but if, you tell your... Thoughts. If anybody listened to the Big Tuan podcast, Big Tuan is very... Um, in in his ways, we will say with yeah. uh, he has a lot of ideas about with the things, things that are in th- with the things that are in his head and the way the world works. And I'm breaking him down bit by bit. He's and not and seen I don't a think of the world. And I don't think Big Tuan has ever seen it, something like a Super Oprah before. I and don't think so. He uh, he did one time at Mega and uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what well, that's what we're saying. He's he's very uncomfortable about the whole ordeal. Uh, well, well, that's the the nicest way to put it is he's very uncomfortable. We're making progress with him. Don't at him, but yeah, we're working on the boy, and it's all good. It's just like but, the, it's just like WWE breaking down the barriers in Saudi Arabia. All right, well, no, let's not go that far. <laughs> but I think much less money. I think for that. one of the funnier parts of that is uh, you actually see Big Tuan get eliminated by Super Oprah, and that that actually wasn't supposed to happen. Super Oprah just wung Big Tuan so hard over the ropes and. Poor Big Twan tried to save himself, but yeah. <laughs> the effort was futile. Well, he also received a hell of a kiss beforehand, which he sold like being shot with a gun full of rattles. Because I don't think I don't. He was convulsing. I don't think it was a cell, brother. Yeah, there was no cell. It was like. Oh yeah, full of rattlesnakes might be one of my new favorite just things. Just fucking like ah, like you know, he just was being possessed by every demon on this earth. But yeah, and that's potentially and partially on me because I was in the bathroom uh, before the show, you know, stretching, doing my deal, doing some other deals, and uh, Super Oprah was getting ready, and I was like really looking forward to uh, seeing you and Twan work together, and Super Oprah was like, why? And I was like, well, you know, Twan has uh, some things about him, and Super Oprah was like, oh, really? <laughs> getting like medium hot. I'm like, we're working on him, we're working on him, it's okay, but... And yeah, so Super Oprah definitely uh, went in a little harder on Twan than uh... Super Oprah uh, don't play around. I mean, there's a lot of people that never experienced Super Oprah before in the crowd, and they were like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> it's was, absolutely she don't, intense. She, she don't play. I would say that was a highlight of the gauntlet for a lot of people, though. Crowd loved that moment. They reacted. Wrestling's about moments, right? Making moments, right telling stories. Had some moments. Super over, very endearing to the crowd. Very endearing to the crowd. The endearing. That's right. Uh, one of the 
uh, other surprise entrance uh, was the return of Facade. Straight from back from the great Kali school. There it is. He came back. Uh, everybody enjoys seeing him. And then, uh, Dom, let's talk about your time in the gauntlet. Um, where, where, I entered, what, number 11? I think it was at 11. And that sounds about right. I don't know, man. You drew the number out of the bingo tumbler. Yeah. Well, I mean, the bingo tumbler was downstairs the whole time from bingo, probably likely the prior night at Mount Carmel. Uh, came in at number 11 and lasted all the way until the final four. And then uh, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF, uh, eliminated me with his little cool power driver boy thing he does. Uh, it was a good time, minus the almost blowing my knee out portion of the match. Yeah, when was that? That was oh, I remember that. Relatively yeah. early, like you. I don't know if a lot of people noticed it, but uh, I mean, you went probably about half your time in that match. Uh, no, nah, it's about like a quarter. But quarter? I, okay. essentially, I just went for a stomp, and I left my leg when I jumped extended, and when I came down, I hyperextended my knee. Um, my favorite moment of that would be Eddie Kingston looking at me and yelling, Dom, you dumb motherfucker, it's a battle royal. <laughs> it's a rumble royale, guys. It's a rumble royale. That's why I told Eddie as I'm writhing in pain. Uh, just had to move it around. Once I got it going, you know, we had it. But it was it's a good time. I mean, because my gauntlet appearance last year was all of the John Thorne 92nd boys. So getting in there for a while was, and was fun. It's just fun working with all the people. Um and overall, you know, led us down to the Final Four, which would have been myself, uh, Tracy Williams, Magnum CK, and MJF. Right? There you go. And then some some things happen, and we end up with our gauntlet winner, Hot Sauce Tracy Williams. So, Hot yeah. Sauce is going to absolution, <laughs> Going to baby. absolution. Another gauntlet for the gold down. And there it is. Another one in the books. We, uh, we, talked, we already talked about the after party. Uh, that was eventful. Thanks to the Funhouse again for having us and for putting up with us, of course. Shout out to shout out, Jessica. Shout out to uh, Jessica and Stash who runs that joint. Uh, anything else we missed here, guys? Um, well, I'm just going to say uh, this is nothing if not an educational podcast. Uh-huh. And uh, the word of this podcast is endearing. And I looked up the definition online. And endearing, inspiring love or affection. Affection, Jesus H. Christ. Yeah. But anyway, kids at home, don't tell your... If your parents give you shit about listening to wrestling podcasts, don't tell them that you don't learn nothing, because you learn something. There you go. That's a good way to end it. I'm terrible at endings. I was going... You guys will let me finish. I was going with the affection route. The affection he wanted from the crowd is the hatred. Well, that's that's not affection, though, brother. (laughs) It is an, it's hatred, man. It's an affection. It's literally the opposite of Wait, affection. An affection? An affection. Cane. Cane punch. Cane punch. Well, that's the end of this one. That's going to wrap it up. Thanks to John Thorne, Dom Garini, and Alex Worldwide Keller. My name's Steve Guy. We'll Worldwide. talk to you next week, everybody.